Section 18 of Pirates of Panama, The Buccaneers of America, by A. O. Esquemelin, translated by G. A. Williams. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter 12, Part 3 The same day they sent out a party to seek for the inhabitants, on whom they might exercise their cruelties. These brought back an honest peasant with two daughters of his, whom they intended to torture as they used others, if they showed not the places where the inhabitants were hid. The peasant knew some of those places, and seeing himself threatened with the rack, went with the pirates to show them. But the Spaniards, perceiving their enemies to range everywhere up and down the woods, were already fled thence farther off into the thickest of the woods, where they built themselves huts, to preserve from the weather those few goods they had. The pirates judged themselves deceived by the peasant, and hereupon, to revenge themselves, notwithstanding all his excuses and supplication, they hanged him on a tree. Then they divided into parties to search the plantations, for they knew the Spaniards that were absconded could not live on what the woods afforded, without coming now and then for provisions to their country houses. Here they found a slave, to whom they promised mountains of gold and his liberty, by transporting him to Jamaica, if he would show them where the inhabitants of Gibraltar lay hid. This fellow conducted them to a party of Spaniards, whom they instantly made prisoners, commanding this slave to kill some before the eyes of the rest, that, by this perpetrated crime, he might never be able to leave their wicked company. The negro, according to their orders, committed many murders and insolences upon the Spaniards, and followed the unfortunate traces of the pirates, who eight days after returned to Gibraltar with many prisoners, and some mules laden with riches. They examined every prisoner by himself, who were in all about two hundred and fifty persons, where they had hid the rest of their goods, and if they knew of their fellow-townsmen. Such as would not confess were tormented after a most inhuman manner. Among the rest there happened to be a Portuguese, who by a negro was reported, though falsely, to be very rich. This man was commanded to produce his riches, his answer was, he had no more than one hundred pieces of eight in the world, and these had been stolen from him two days before by his servant, which words, though he sealed with many oaths and protestations, yet they would not believe him, but dragging him to the rack, without any regard to his age of sixty years, they stretched him with cords, breaking both his arms behind his shoulders. This cruelty went not alone, for he, not being able or willing to make any other declaration, they put him to another sort of torment more barbarous. They tied him with small cords by his two thumbs and his great toes to four stakes fixed in the ground, at a convenient distance, the whole weight of his body hanging on those cords. Not satisfied yet with this cruel torture, they took a stone of above two hundred pounds and laid it upon his belly, as if they intended to press him to death. They also kindled palm-leaves, and applied the flame to the face of this unfortunate Portuguese, burning with them the whole skin, beard, and hair. At last, seeing that neither with these tortures nor others they could get anything out of him, they untied the cords, and carried him half-dead to the church. Where was their cour du garde? Here they tied him anew to one of the pillars thereof, leaving him in that condition, without giving him either to eat or drink, unless very sparingly, and so little that would scarce sustain life for some days, four or five being passed, he desired one of the prisoners might come to him, by whose means he promised he would endeavour to raise some money to satisfy their demands. 
The prisoner whom he required was brought to him, and he ordered him to promise the pirate five hundred pieces of eight for his ransom, but they were deaf and obstinate at such a small sum, and instead of accepting it, beat him coolly with cudgels, saying, "'Old fellow, instead of five hundred, you must say five hundred thousand pieces of eight, otherwise you shall here end your life.' Finally, after a thousand protestations that he was but a miserable man, and kept a poor tavern for his living, he agreed with them for one thousand pieces of eight. These he raised, and having paid them, got his liberty, though so horribly maimed that it is scarce to be believed he could survive many weeks. Others were crucified by these tyrants, and with kindled matches burnt between the joints of their fingers and toes, others had their feet put into the fire, and thus were left to be roasted alive. Having used these and other cruelties with the white men, they began to practice the same with the negroes, their slaves, who were treated with no less inhumanity than their masters. Among these slaves there was one who promised Captain Morgan to conduct him to a river of the lake, where he should find a ship and four boats, richly laden with goods of the inhabitants of Maracaibo. The same discovered likewise where the governor of Gibraltar lay hid, with the greatest part of the women of the town, but all these he revealed, upon great menaces to hang him, if he told not what he knew. Captain Morgan sent away presently two hundred men in two settees, or great boats, to this river, to seek for what the slave had discovered. But he himself, with two hundred and fifty more, undertook to go and take the governor. This gentleman was retired to a small island in the middle of the river, where he had built a little fort, as well as he could, for his defence. But hearing that Captain Morgan came in person with great forces to seek him, he retired to the top of a mountain not far off, to which there was no ascent but by a very narrow passage, so straight, that whosoever did attempt to gain the ascent, must march his men one by one. Captain Morgan spent two days before he arrived at this little island, whence he designed to proceed to the mountain where the governor was posted, had he not been told of the impossibility of ascent, not only for the narrowness of the way, but because the governor was well provided with all sorts of ammunition. Besides, there was fallen a huge rain, whereby all the pirates' baggage and powder was wet." By this rain also they lost many men at the passage over a river that was overflown. Here perished likewise some women and children, and many mules laden with plate and goods, which they had taken from the fugitive inhabitants, so that things were in a very bad condition with Captain Morgan and his men much harassed, as may be inferred from this relation. Whereby, if the Spaniards, in that juncture, had but fifty men well armed, they might have entirely destroyed the pirates." But the fears the Spaniards had at first conceived were so great, that the leaves stirring on the trees they often fancied to be pirates. Finally, Captain Morgan and his people, having upon this march sometimes waded up to their middles in water for half or whole miles altogether, they at last escaped, for the greatest part, but the women and children for the major part died. Thus, twelve days after they set forth to seek the governor, they returned to Gibraltar, with many prisoners. Two days after arrived also the two settees that went to the river, bringing with them four boats and some prisoners. But the greatest part of the merchandise in the said boats they found not, the Spaniards having unladed and secured it, having intelligence of their coming, who designed also, when the merchandise was taken out, to burn the boats. Yet the Spaniards made not so much haste to unlade these vessels, but that they left in the ship and boats great parcels of goods, which the pirates seized, and brought a considerable booty to Gibraltar. Thus, after they had been in possession of the place five entire weeks, and committed an infinite number of murders, robberies, and such-like insolencies, 
they concluded to depart. But first they ordered some prisoners to go forth into the woods and fields, and collect a ransom for the town, otherwise they would certainly burn it to the ground. These poor, afflicted men went as they were sent, and having searched the adjoining fields and woods, returned to Captain Morgan, telling him they had scarce been able to find anybody, but that to such as they had found they had proposed his demands, to which they had answered that the governor had prohibited them to give any ransom for the town, but they beseeched him to have a little patience, and among themselves they would collect five thousand pieces of eight, and for the rest they would give some of their own townsmen as hostages, whom he might carry to Maracaibo till he had received full satisfaction. End of chapter 12, part 3